0: Hi, my name's Samuel Finlay, and you're listening to the ACES podcast. In this episode, I chat with ACES and Deakin University Research Fellow, Dr. Cristina Pozo-Gonzalo. We spoke about her background, moving from Spain to Manchester and then Australia, her career in research, and much more. So, let's get to our conversation. So I'm chatting with Christina on the podcast today. Christina, thanks for joining me.
1: Uh, thank you for having me.
0: How are you doing? How's life during COVID 19?
1: Well, <laughs> it's a bit tough, I have to say. Uh, trying to keep busy. It's good that we can still work uh, from home, so we are busy most of the time and just trying to go for walks and um, maybe doing something additional, you know, reading books and things like that to keep sane, I guess.
0: And you're at Deakin University. Have you been going in at the moment or are you at home full time? Yes,
1: yeah, I'm at home, home uh, full time. So we are, no, we are still not allowed to go into the offices. So we're waiting, waiting for changes at
0: the moment. So, so we'll get into your current role in a moment, but let's first go back to the beginning, I guess. And we'll start with your PhD experience. I believe you did that at the University of Manchester. Can you explain what you did for that?
1: So I, was, I did my honours uh, in Spain, in the Senior University, where I did my degree, and they had some connections with, um, uh, with where there was my supervisor during the PhD, and they asked me if I wanted to go there. And for me, always I, I wanted to go overseas since, uh, for so many years, so that was like a great opportunity to do the PhD and also going overseas. So that's why I decided to, yeah, to go to Manchester.
0: So what was your PhD focused on?
1: So my PhD was focused on conducting polymers. uh, And uh, it was about synthesis of uh, new conducting polymers and synthesized by electrochemical means. So some of these uh, polymers, they were used for different applications, uh, for example, like electrochromic uh, devices. So that means that um, these polymers, they could change color uh, when they change the potential. So it has a wide range of applications as well. So yeah, that was my
0: right and you mentioned spain just before that's where you're originally from right
1: yeah yeah from Zaragoza. so that's a city that is between madrid and barcelona halfway between both big cities and yes I in my degree in chemistry
0: yeah right and were you always interested in science growing up is that something you always wanted to do after you finished school and at university
1: Well, I I guess when I had to decide, I always wanted to do science, so that was for sure. And I guess uh, more in the creative side and curious mind, I guess. So that's why I think most of the people maybe do science. Um, But when I finished, it was a complicated time. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So it was between uh, chemistry and math, to be honest. But then I, I decided to do chemistry. I think I, we have some tolls in the in a school. And I thought that was like a nice uh, uh, area to focus. So, yeah.
0: So moving from Spain to Manchester, how was that transition?
1: Oh, it was tough. Because <laughs> 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 it was also the, the first time I was leaving home. So living by myself in a foreign country with another language. Uh, so it was, it was really, really hard. But uh, I guess you learn from the experience, uh, become a different person as well, I guess. Stronger. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so what year did you finish your PhD? Which year? Yeah. Uh,
1: 2002.
0: Okay. And then after finishing your PhD, did you jump straight into uh, work and further research?
1: No, I took a bit of uh, time off. Uh, I went back to Spain. So by that time, I already met with with my husband now. So we went back together to to Spain. So he was uh, working at the university and I was taking some time off. And then uh, we started looking I guess after a while, starting looking for a a new position uh, in Spain. And yeah, that's what I, that's what I did to find uh, another job. So that was in a research center. Also in Spain, that was in San Sebastian. And um, so I was there for seven years doing more, I guess, more research, uh, more applied research, working more with industry in, in general.
0: What were some of the projects you worked on throughout that time?
1: Well, they were very diverse. So I use uh, some of my skills during my PhD. So work a lot with conducting polymers. Uh, I did loads on uh, electrochromic uh, devices, but also in other electro optic uh, devices with collaboration, like for example on solar cells. Uh, I, work, I did very fundamental research as well on uh, different monomers. Uh, I work on thermochromic materials as well, that was with industry partners. So I did yeah, a wide range of variety. So, of, of projects. So I guess um, what you learn during your PhD is that you can be very flexible and then you can apply your skills to other areas.
0: So, then you moved to Australia and Monash in 2011. How did that move come about?
1: Well, so I guess it was um, I wanted to change a bit. Uh, so, I already did uh, more applied research and... So i wanted to do something different and that was the time that uh, remember it was the economic crisis started mm-hmm. uh, very strongly especially in spain so we decided maybe to come to australia It see like a better choice um, and that's what we did we moved to australia um, and then yes i started working with uh, professor alan bond in, in Monash just for a few for a few months but that, that was really good really good experience and while I was there, because it was a short period of time, when it was available, I I contact also uh, Professor Maria Forsyth, and it was uh, it was really good that they have some uh, projects going on. So I started working with uh, with Maria and Maria's group.
0: Right. So you moved from Monash to Deakin.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: And so how you've been with Deakin for a while now? How long exactly?
1: Uh, oof from 2012, I think, yeah, so many years now. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, I guess it's become your home now.
1: Yes, yes, it is, it is, yeah.
0: Yeah. So you're a a senior research fellow at Deakin at the moment. What does that entail?
1: Uh, Well, a lot of different um, work, different type of work, I guess. So it comes from supervising and mentoring uh, young researchers, PhD students, uh, I guess as um, as like, uh, securing funding so uh, working with uh, maybe industry and also more fundamental uh, projects writing projects uh, papers obviously going to conferences making contacts lot of a wide range of, uh, of uh, responsibilities
0: So you mentioned there I guess looking after PhD students. How, how have you found that? I mean, going from someone who studied a PhD to, you know, now mentoring uh, PhD students currently, how was that? And how has it been?
1: Well, it is a, it's a learning process, I think, uh, because especially every PhD student is different and that's what you learn over time. So um, you need to know your students, uh, you know, you, to know their weakness and their strengths, and uh, try to encourage them. I guess uh, that's really, really important. And um, work with them. So I think um, I work closely with them. We are in the same space. We are in the same office. So it's easy to see them every day and getting in contact with them. So, but this is still a learning process. I every as I say, every student is different. So there is no like a magic, um, magic direction to follow, uh, and everything works. So you need to know them as well.
0: So yeah. So you also have been a part of the communications committee within ACEs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How have you found that?
1: Well, I normally like all of, these, uh, all of these extra or additional activities. I give you a different range of soft skills. So I think it's important in general, it's important that the, the whole community knows about what we do at ACEs because there are so much interesting research uh, going on. And, um, I think it's, yes, it's, it's different different um, um, approach, I guess. And, but I, I really enjoy it. Uh, it's just that they, I guess you always do so many different things and some things you can follow more.
0: Speaking of communications, you're also on Twitter and as many researchers are these days, it's become you know, quite a important aspect of, of your job. How have you fi- found, uh, I guess, engaging in the uh, Twitter and online community as a researcher?
1: I, I have to say I really like it. I think it's a platform, platform for other researchers to know about your research and to learn from other researchers as well. So, because uh, it's very... So, what you can write on Twitter is really short. So, it's very with going through the page, the Twitter webpage, you can learn so much. And uh, there is so many other researchers as well. I found uh, other researches that communicate what they find. It's not about their own research, it's about the community. Uh, so I found that very, um, really good in that regard. And also, you strengthen the collaborations as well. So it's not only about, sometimes about research, it's about personal experience. So especially now that people are struggling quite a lot with the isolation, I guess. So how everybody's doing and then you feel that you are not alone in the same situation. So um, I really, I really enjoy. So yeah, I like it.
0: Yeah, great. I know you've been on Twitter posting uh, your life in pictures for the the last (laughs) week or so. (laughs) How's that been?
1: Uh, well, it was challenging because being in isolation is it's not so much. You can post <laughs> <one>. <laughs> so I think uh, just being uh, yeah thinking outside the box it's like okay, this is a nice picture to post with or to share with people, so people know what you are doing as well, no, every day. So yeah.
0: <laughs> so I guess you know, speaking of Twitter and you know that becoming something that researchers are using today and has been you know, now an important platform. How, how have you found, I guess, from your, I guess, your start in research to now, how have you found that, you know, it, it's obviously changed so much. How have you found that change and adapting to it?
1: You mean to, to, to adapting to social media?
0: Yeah, and just, I guess, the, the research, the, the way research is done now with this online sort of world.
1: Well, I think it's um, I think it's a good way. So, especially if you can maybe not attend to certain conferences or you cannot travel, so you can always see from other researchers what's going on, who has been in the conferences, maybe yeah. a little bit of the topics they are talking about. So, I think um, I think it's yeah, I think it's a good idea. Yeah.
0: So now, just a little bit, um, I guess, on your life outside of work. What what do you do on your days off and your downtime to get away from research?
1: Well, um, I guess we like to be outdoors a lot, which is a bit difficult at the moment. But <laughs> uh, we like we like to travel. We like to travel a lot and uh, going, uh, especially overseas, uh, go to other countries, uh, learn about other cultures. And here in Australia, we uh, we try to go maybe to the countryside or so wineries. Things like that. They are, uh, I guess, outdoors in, in general outdoor experience. Um. um yeah.
0: So uh, some, something I've been asking everyone that I've had on the podcast so far, and I'm interested to hear if this applies to you, but do you have maybe a morning routine or something that you do every day that helps you approach a day's work? Oh, um, I don't
1: think so. I, uh, I don't know. I guess I, maybe one of the things I try to do is the day before to be organized mm-hmm. by the day, by the next day so uh, just to know which meetings i'm going to have and uh, what i want to achieve on the on the next day so i can prepare i go to work and i'm prepared for the for the day and i guess during work it's important to have a bit of break from time to time a bit of social break so you can maybe go for coffee I don't know uh, with some of your colleagues and, you know, talk about life. And so I think that's uh, that good approach as well. Or going for a little walk. Sometimes uh, you're in front of the computer and you cannot move forward. So go for a little walk, things like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Coffee's definitely be one of the things that everyone's mentioned. Right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's important. It's crucial.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: it is, it is. <laughs> so, I guess if you weren't doing research and you, you didn't decide to study science, what do you think you'd be doing for a living?
1: Mm, it's an interesting question. Um, I think something creative. I like, I, I realize what I like about research a lot. is about um, making sense of the, of the experiments that we have. So I guess something on that lines. you know, like uh, how to connect different pieces to come with a story uh, I'm not sure if there's a job for that, but uh, I think it has to be something on the creative side, that's for, that's for sure. But uh, I don't know, I, have, I, I, I guess I asked myself the same question so many times, and to be honest, I'm not sure what i be doing. So um, I guess even within science, there is so many different things that you can do. It doesn't have to be research only. So you so definitely made
0: the right to decision to then?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I guess I guess so, yeah.
0: I so. <laughs> so I wonder if you've maybe got any advice to you know someone who's just starting out in research, or maybe a PhD student who's currently working hard on their their research project.
1: So um, I think there are different different things to consider. So we all know that research is hard. Okay, so I think that, let's just put it there. But uh, I think you need to be very passionate about what you're doing, and also be very curious. So, I mean, like, uh, asking questions all the time, like, why uh, why this experiment is giving me this result and uh, try to understand exactly um, what's happening. So, I think a curious mind is really, really important. And also, like, uh, there is uh, times when nothing works. I think we all have gone through that. But um, I think an experiment that is not working is still a result, you know, like, Something that you think it will be working is not working. Why is the reason for that? So I think it's, it's that. And uh, don't get frustrated. So to do something different uh, or go through some, another research for that moment. Or, so um, I think these are the, the main things. And, and work hard, I guess. So work hard, but work efficiently. So I think it's not about working a lot of hours, it's about getting the most of your research and your time during the research.
0: Some great advice there. And just to finish up and to bring the podcast to a bit of an end, I guess, is, is there anything you're, you know, looking forward to work on maybe when COVID-19 finishes? Is there any projects that you've got on the horizon that uh, would be worth mentioning?
1: Uh, well, yes. I mean, we started uh, for the last year or so uh, working on, which is the circular economy uh, model. So it's just about uh, getting materials and resources, in life as long as as possible so we are working on energy storage as you probably know and so we want to give these batteries a second life prolonging the lifetime of these batteries but also recover some of the key materials uh, or expensive materials that are in the battery by by different applications and also through different methods always always thinking from a sustainable uh, approach so that's something that we are currently working so we have done for a lot of research, especially on neodymium, that is a rare metal. It's very scarce uh, at the moment, um, so it's a critical raw material. But we are expanding on other ma- metals that are present on lithium-ion batteries, for example. So there is a, so that's something that it will be starting soon. So we have some students starting hopefully soon, and that will be our next research. So that's something very exciting, thinking about reducing waste in general, I guess, and reducing uh, hazard in the coming from the from
0: energy storage batteries yeah. great some exciting times ahead yeah. well thank you so much for joining me on the podcast it's been a pleasure to chat and um all the best and stay safe during covid19 until we're yeah. out at the end of the other side of the tunnel
1: yeah same for you and, and thank you for the for the interview
0: thanks for listening to the aces podcast For more episodes like this one, be sure to subscribe wherever it is you get your podcasts. You can also find more information about ACES on our website, electromaterials.edu.au. There you'll find links to our various social media platforms. And you can also follow me on Twitter, at Samuel Finlay. Until next time, thanks for listening.